Hello. Hello. <laughs> I hate doing the hello at the beginning. I should rehearse my hellos. I feel like I say it the same every time. You say it the same. You have a consistent sing-songy <laughs> hello. I haven't gotten confident in my hello. No, you should you know just what? lean into it. You know how YouTubers have like an opening phrase? Mm-hmm. It's like, hey guys, stuff like that. I feel like I should have that. I should, <laughs> I should develop one that's truly original. But that's really hard because I feel like everyone just yeah. uses a, a variation of Hi guys, or hey guys, what's up? Welcome like, back to my channel. But that's basically Jeffrey Star. So, what can I you do? Want that. Also, welcome back to my channel on a podcast. <laughs> Innovative, I feel. <laughs> welcome back to my channel, guys. And um, it's another episode of Culture Hang. Hang in with the culture. Yeah, I feel like yeah. in other podcasts they introduce what they do every week. So it's like, oh hi, Maybe. I'm Holly, and oh, should we do that? No, I think it's Holly, fine. Holly, you do that. You introduce us. <laughs> give, give an introduction in um, ten words. Oh, don't put a limit No, on. you've got to do it. Okay, you can do it in like ten words or under. You don't have to specifically be ten words. Okay. Um, I'm Holly. I <laughs> want <end>. to <laughs> be a writer currently unemployed. <laughs> That was excellent. And the fact you do it in ten words. Just fabulous. Thank I'm you. not going to put a limit on myself. I'm Hannah and um, oh. I'm also unemployed. <laughs> Double make rules here. Um, A weird thing that happened to me yesterday. I'm just going to get right off on this because I think it needs to be mentioned. Um, In the evening. Can we class it as evening? It was around five in the afternoon. That weird time, isn't I'll give it? You, I think it is early. Evening. It was actually quarter past six. So oh, she's already lying and fact checking yeah, herself. Sorry, um, I got a WhatsApp message from my father. I, I was upstairs in my room researching this podcast for today. Message from my father saying stuff for podcast available. What? Yeah, that that was my reaction. I did not know what that meant. <laughs> um, what he meant was he'd got this, which is a. Twining's cold infusion tea. I was given one of them free in an ASOS parcel. Well, he got four somehow free. This isn't sponsored. My dad isn't sponsored. I'm not sponsored. <laughs> but I said, why Why is this related to the podcast? To which he said, I think it would be interesting if you spoke about water <laughs> and the new forms of diluting water that there are out there. <laughs> Gotta give the people what they deserve, Hannah. This is what. Who cares? <laughs> but here's the thing. My point with that is that I, I like members of my family now say to me like they make suggestions about mm. the podcast or they ask questions. I'm. I think some of them get it, some of them don't. I think they think that like you can just turn up and you, there's no planning and you just sit down and you're like, um. Let's just talk about literally anything. Which in the some world. people Let's talk about do. Water. I think if you're some already if you already have a platform and it's like every YouTuber has a, a podcast yeah. as well, they can just say anything they want. But I find like if you're gonna have one that is genuinely good, unless you're very good at like improvising and mm. coming up with everything. I mean, we don't write scripts or anything. No, but we have basis for what we're saying. Um. So some of them think that it's just complete, like, turn up on the day. Let's talk about some cold tea, some iced tea. Um, and others others have genuine suggestions that are good. 
And so I appreciate that. It's not that I don't appreciate suggestions, but um, <laughs> the iced tea one really threw me. That's mad. And the fact he thought that was a gen- like a genuinely good suggestion that anyone would listen to me go, let's talk about the development in dilute juice. <laughs> we started with orange, Robinson squash, and now iced tea straight into your drink. I'm having some there. Maybe he listened to our... Um... One of the episodes where we were talking about Squashka, and he was like, oh. He didn't understand, I guess he like, maybe he didn't understand what Squashka was, and he was like, maybe, <laughs> maybe this is a new, innovative type of squash that I'm not aware of. Um, but I, I doubt he did. I, I do not think he, <laughs> my dad has a very, like, I think it's kind of a typical dad thing in some dads where, um, despite us doing this kind of regularly, well, every week, um, He's probably not aware it's happening. Like, we mostly do it on a Saturday morning. And this morning he was like, oh, where are you going? And I was like, to do the podcast that I've done for, like, 11 weeks now. (laughs) Yeah, we're quite, we're, like, three months in. Yeah. But that's nothing, because in 10 years of dancing that I did, and I went basically every Tuesday night, every Thursday night, um, and every time I went, he would ask before I went, oh, where are you going? Every week. It's like, to, to dance? Like, I do every week for ten years yeah. of my life. On the same day. Never changed. It is a parent thing, though, because my mum came in about ten minutes before we started. I was like, oh, I was going to do your wall today. It's like... <laughs> well... It's um, this time on a Saturday, as it has been. Yeah. Since the inception. Yeah, so... I mean, we've gone rogue a few times, but not enough for it to be that confusing. <laughs> My dad's had to make a sign to put on the stairs to remind him if That's he's incredible. coming up. Because one episode, I heard him just shout from the top of the stairs, "My name," and I was like, <gasps> "Someone's going to have to remove that now, and it's probably going to be me." <laughs> <laughs> and the one we did—it must have been like a couple of weeks ago—was when I was editing. I could just hear my brother sneeze in the background. <laughs> so, which is astounding because the microphone isn't that good. No. So that kind of he's a loud sneezer, clearly, which unnecessary for me. Um, but yeah, any any pop culture news that's interested you this week? Anything pop culture you want to mention before we get into things? Oh, I knew it was going to end badly, but the um, Trish Trisha Paytas and. God. Ethan Klein, H three H three pod collaboration. Yeah. So I didn't know until the blow up yeah. one, which happened, which was like the Halloween episode or something, where it's all they're kind doing of... a whole month of Halloween. Oh. So it was their second Halloween one. I think is he the guy from? Is he the uncle from the Adams family? Is that who he's dressed as? And I don't know who Trish was dressed yes. as. Anyway, she was dressed as Jennifer from Jennifer's Body, i.e. Megan Fox. I had a feeling she was, and then I was like, she wouldn't, but obviously she would. Anyway, she did. <laughs> so I didn't know that the guy that Trish is dating that's all over her TikTok is Hiller's brother. Is it Hiller? Yeah. Oh, Hiller, Hiller. I don't know. I don't know them what? well enough. What? How did that meeting occur? Is it all for well, clout and drama? And I don't think so. I don't know because I don't watch Ethan Klein. He has a podcast from what I understand. Yeah. Um. But Trisha was regular on his podcast before they got their new one, 
and because they hated each other, they were just fighting. They all did. The time. That was yeah. why she went on his podcast a lot because they did hate each other. And apparently, they did one podcast where they were trying to find her a man, and they ended up just finding her Hillow's brother. Oh my god! And that's how it happened. He loved Hillow. Supposedly, I don't know well enough though. Um, but yeah, what um, else? What else occurred then? So sh- they were talking about. Indigenous People's Day, and she was like, "Oh, Christopher Columbus Day," and he was like, "No, indigenous. It was the biggest genocide." And she was, she was like, "You can't call it that." She was like, oh, "People are too PC." Yeah, he does. To be fair, but I, which I, I don't listen to him, so I, I got an idea in my head that he was kind of annoying or maybe mm. kind of offensive, and that was what he was known for. But but clearly not. But maybe it's just with next to Trisha. Yeah. He seems very grounded and very well-spoken on things. And that's what people... So I thought that was, like, the worst part about it, that they were saying yeah. that she was like, oh, no, it should be Christopher Columbus Day, even though it was the largest genocide in, like, recorded history. Yeah. And... But there was another bit where she... He calls her crazy, and then she brings yeah. up that he used to be medicated or something and uses it against him. And it's like, oh. um, I could actually weaponize you know, I could have all this information on you that I could actually just weaponize. And she walks out and it's like, I'm done with this. And that's how the podcast ends. It's like, you're literally five episodes in. I know. And apparently, um, I've seen a lot of people saying it was really good. Because mm. he calls her out. Yeah, and I yeah think... which is kind of what you want to see. Yeah. Someone being like, no. And again, I haven't watched it, so I could be missing. Yeah, I've been watching people. like tea clips on TikTok. Same. <laughs> but apparently... Um, I'd part of the reason for the fight as well is he'd said that if she broke up with her boyfriend, she would just post about it everywhere on YouTube and that he wouldn't like that because, of course, it's his family. Yeah. And you obviously wouldn't want to see, like, your brother-in-law be slandered no. across a bunch of platforms when he's not even a YouTuber or anything. Like, that would surely be very unusual yeah. to him. It just... And then I ended up looking, because you sent me a really heartbroken somber snapchat yesterday where it was like trish and willy wonka on tiktok they're they're doing collabs and i was like oh of course they are and then i found one of the videos came up on my page so i looked at it and it's just it's just there's no content there's nothing they just recreate her king tut dance and but the rest of it is all just her dressing up she's doing we're doing like harry potter ones and her boyfriend does it with i'm like you're grown people. There's nothing wrong if it's your hobby, but why is why is this man agreeing to do this as well? Like, does he need? Why are you doing? What's the need for it? Like, like because do you think he has like an actual job? Not that YouTube isn't an actual job, but I you know, like a so. traditional job. Like, say he works in like admin or a business yeah. or something like that, and he turns up on Monday, and they're like, um, we saw you dressed up. Uh, with your super offensive girlfriend this weekend, care to explain? Because that normal, seems like something that wouldn't go down. Yeah, well. like say he's thirty-five or something. There's a very different brand of like people who interact with the internet when you're thirty-five. Yeah, and it's not necessarily the people who are interacting and know who Trisha Paytas. Like if if you had to explain to anyone that this was your partner, like oh. <laughs> What are you doing with them? Like, it's really? This is who you've been paired with? But anyway, it's... They don't seem a likely match. They really don't. So, I didn't want to keep talking about Trisha, but she she does this thing where she's managing to 
still worm away into not relevance but being able to be talked about well um the thing is they're they're going ahead with the podcast apparently they've had a chat and they're gonna do it again unsurprising because it's so successful exactly but also do you not think like maybe ethan isn't aware but do you not think maybe there's a part of her that's like well if we have a fight and i storm out we're gonna get more views yeah because the amount of TikToks I've seen about it, the amount of times it's come up on T channels that mm. they've had a fight, then you're going to get someone listen, like, from those videos, someone's going to listen to the podcast. To see if they fight um, again, yeah. Yeah, which makes me think that we should have a fight on here. <laughs> should so we? So I might storm out today, just in case. <laughs> but also, what I found funny is, uh, on the King, the new King Took video with Willy Wonka, because um, it's on his channel, he seems to be getting more hate from it. Oh, really? Because everyone's saying, why would you hang out with her? So it wouldn't surprise me if he gets cancelled, but Trisha still remains uncancellable. It's like, it you can would, be cancelled yeah. by proxy of her, but not, but she cannot <laughs> yeah, be. Yeah, cancelled by association. I know! Isn't that perfect for her? She can just, if she doesn't like someone, she can be like, you want to coll- collab? Yeah, and then just take them down. Because yeah. she's so... Po- oh, my God. Anyway, so on the topic of influencers, I watched the Paris Hilton um, documentary oh, yes. on YouTube. And you it tell. was really... I mean, it was long. It was an hour and 45 minutes, which is a long time. Long. But I did watch all of it because we've been recommended it a few Yes, and times. despite saying that I would watch it, I never did watch it. I'm sorry, but <laughs> Holly did, so... And the whole thing of, like, she is the original influencer... Yes. Was really interesting to see because that first probably about, I don't know, 45 minutes, it's her travelling the world. She's travelling the world, like, all the time. She's like, I won't stop until I make my first billion. Um, She's got all these perfume lines, skincare. But I've never seen any Paris Hilton projects, so I'm like, wow, she's got no. so much money for me genuinely not knowing who she is and, like, crying fans and stuff. And the yeah. first half felt like what Shane Dawson thought he was doing for Jeffree Star. Right, but okay, that's good. <laughs> so it kind of had that. They were going to like malls in South Korea where people were just screaming and being so excited to see her. And yeah, but underlying this, she has this like childhood trauma of being in this actually like prison school that she was sent to. Oh, I have seen clips of her talking yeah, about this. I think now you've said it. She's organised a campaign since, and they were like protesting outside it to get it shut down because it sounds terrifying. Yeah. Um, and when it starts to get into that like trauma side of it it was like oh okay but and I think it's very interesting that she's it's good that she's chosen her plat to use her platform for one cause so yes you know and most of the documentary was about her sort of processing her trauma and I think it was over a year okay but and she has this really shitty boyfriend and like I think there's a pattern of her having really like abusive abusive relationships but they're all documented in the press like she's got she has pictures of her with like busted lips and oh god just like actual domestic violence stuff so yeah. i do think she's been through a lot and the spotlight's just always been on her so I'd, i think she's very it was interesting to see and she didn't do the voice but when she did do the voice hi it was like she did it for her boyfriend occasionally but then she's also a oh. dj and so she was djing yes. at <laughs> Tomorrowland and they have this fight beforehand because he just is he's just so drunk and he like drops a laptop kind of on purpose and is getting in her face and is like forgive me and then she like rips his bracelets off and is like you can't 
be part of this anymore, like get out of the festival. So I think she has a lot of like trauma and yes. it's good for doing that. But it's also like, I think because she obviously has such a big platform, one, does she need to continue hoarding wealth? Probably not. Probably not. Um, and two, you keep keep using this platform for things that don't affect you, Paris. Wait, what do you mean? Like, just because she's experienced this trauma, she's going to try and get this school and, like, this sort of kind of school to do this kind of method of, like, yeah. torturing children, basically, under the guise of, like, extreme punishment. Um, yeah. That she should use it, that kind of, oh, well, I'm going to campaign to make the world better. I think she should channel that into other campaigns as well, not More just things. ones that are, like... Yeah. You know, like specific when I think of when I think of that, and I think about this a lot. There's one episode of The Simpsons that I just remember very clearly from my childhood, where I don't have much context for you, but Homer is in a bar with a bunch of celebrities, and he's basically telling them off for some reason. (laughs) And he says, like, uh, "And when you're gonna support a charity, don't just support charities that have affected you." (laughs) That always sticks with me because it is something that. Celebrities say say a lot of like, oh yes, this is a charity that's really deeply Close affected to my heart, me. And yeah. Sometimes like, yeah, there's you know you can support other things as well. You don't specifically <laughs> have to just be like, this has affected me, and I will only deal with things that have affected me. Yeah, because that'd be like if, if then men were like, well, I'm not going to do anything about sexism because it's never affected me. Yeah. So. I don't have to deal with that. It's very selective as well. So I think yeah. it was it was an interesting look, and she did say she felt kind of accountable about um, Instagram, like filters and the kind of craze around Kim Kardashian. Like she created Kim Kardashian, really. So you yeah. know, she did feel accountable for it, but it's also like, but you're still gonna feed into it because you're of your brand. I don't know. It was it was interesting, but yeah, yeah. I guess yeah. I mean. Yeah, you have to view her in two minds, I guess. Mm. Like, she's not a perfect human, but I guess no one is. And it's difficult for her to be perfect in the, like, world that she's being created by, I guess. yeah. I've not seen the documentary, though, so maybe I would feel differently if I saw it. But, I mean, I think you've just got to view her with two minds. I, I feel bad if she's had to put on a personality this whole time, but... I, I mean, I don't know enough, but, you know, just putting on the personality is her brand. Mm-hmm. So isn't that... I feel like a lot of people put on personalities. Yeah. I think Kim Kardashian probably puts on a personality. Definitely, yeah. And I think all the Kardashians do. They're being, like, filmed all the time. They're not going to be fully themselves, because... Because when you buy yourself, you just... You don't... You can't perform all the time, but it's a performance, isn't it? So anyway, so... Yeah, it was interesting. Rich people problems. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, the school she went to does sound terrible. I will, I'll give her that. That's not... Oh, I'll, yeah. I'll give her everything. She's allowed to be a complex yeah. character. This is real life, people. <laughs> um, one thing I'm going to bring up before we start, just very quickly, I, this week, have been obsessed. I don't know if you saw it. Um, The pictures of Lily James and Dominic West. Oh, my God. Yeah. What you, is going yeah. on? So... For anyone who doesn't know, Lily James of Mamma fame, Dominic West of The Affair fame, I don't really know what else he's uh, been he in. He was in... Dominic West. Oh. He's in things. The Wire. 
that's what the wife. And he's he was in Miz. Middle aged. Yeah. Yes. Middle aged man. Yep. Um there was pictures of him and Lily James in Rome having a romantic time. Clearly having a smooch. Undoubtedly yes. romantic time. Um which would have been fine, fab, were they're okay to live. Um if he wasn't married with like five children living yeah. in a castle. Oh yeah, they live in Ireland. They live in this <laughs> yeah. Irish castle. Which, okay, so that's all one thing. It's like, oh, what's going to happen? They're having an affair. What's his wife going to do? Is his family ruined forever? The next day, him and his wife post Instagram pictures being like, everything's fine. Don't yeah. worry. So what is the truth? <laughs> what happened, Dominic? Do they have an open relationship? Is she just chill with it all? Maybe. Maybe she's, like, happy with her lot. Maybe she's just like, eh, I've got my lovely kids. I've got my castle. I don't. I the man that. is kind of expendable at this point. Yeah, maybe she's just like, oh, he takes up a lot of my time. He can have a week in Rome with this pretty young girl. I'll just chill in my castle. But I thought she was with Matt Smith. Well, here's the thing: her and Matt Smith broke up, which I found kind of sad. That is sad. They've been together a long time. Yeah. And then everyone thought she was with Chris Evans of Avengers fame, not of the radio thing. <laughs> Do you know, they actually have so many issues with the fact they have the same age, age, name, they don't have the same age, <laughs> I was say. because, you know, in Jeffrey Epstein's book of people who visit his, his island, oh, which there's one a Chris was it? Evans in there, it's the radio host. Really? Yeah. Ew. Um, but everyone's like, oh my god, Chris Evans is in the black book. But um, it's not that Chris Evans. It's not him. It's not him. Oh. So, do not worry. I think he's probably a bit young. To have gone to the island. I don't know. That makes me uncomfortable. Naomi Campbell went. Unsurprising. She had the whole blood diamond thing though, didn't she? So. A bit awkward. Yeah. And yeah, I still take her side in her um, issues with Tyra Banks. Yeah. I think what's come out about Tyra recently. Yeah. Neither are good. No. And Naomi, despite all the flaws, the better model. She was good mm-hmm. at modelling that woman. Mm-hmm. Still is. But maybe don't be a terrible person. Anyway, on the topic of terrible people, <laughs> let's put an Uno reverse card down. Because <laughs> we're doing incredible people who we love. Women who we love. Yeah, it just happened to be women. When we did <laughs> controversial people, it was all women. Now we're doing people we love, it's all women. Um, there's no reason for that. We just, just don't really like talking about men. Don't give them the platform. No, they have enough. <laughs> there is a lot of men I love, but I, I, I don't know. I just felt I, sh- I wanted to talk about women. Yes, and I think that's okay. As is your right. Yeah. Thanks. Um, <laughs> is it? Am I going first? Yes. I always seem very unorganized. It's not that I'm unorganized. <laughs> I know this. I just don't want to suddenly start talking. Holly be sat there thinking, "Why is she talking?" It was my. <laughs> Anyway, um, I thought people I love immediately. Um, Jennifer Coolidge came to my head. Yes, yes. I will say also we're both doing women, and from what I understand, we're both doing blonde women. Yeah. Um. Yes. And they, I'm not going to say who Holly was because I think it should be a surprise. <laughs> but both these women, I can just see myself aging into. <gasps> I just think, or like an amalgamation of. Yeah, yeah, I think. Oh, that's the dream. Like, I want <laughs> to become Jennifer Coolidge. Um, 
So I'll talk about why I love her. If you don't know, Jennifer Coolidge is probably most famous for being Stifler's mum in American Pie, which I've actually never seen. No, I've never seen. I feel like it's heavily not, misogynistic. I don't think it's for me. Yeah. I don't think I'm the I key demographic I'm the for intended it. Or, no. <laughs> I don't think I don't think that one's for me, but it, it's probably good if you like it. That's what she's most famous for. Um, I would have said that, for um, Elle Woods. Oh my god, what's that film? For Legally Blonde. Yeah. yeah. Um, I I would well I would for us, but okay. I think like if you're asking a general population, they would say American you Show them a picture. Okay. And they were like, "What do you know her from?" More people would probably know Stifler's mum. Yeah. Boys haven't. Well, I'm generalizing. Many boys have not seen Legally Blonde because they don't want to see excellent cinema. <laughs> but I'll get into it. I'll get into it. Um, one weird fact I stumbled upon when I was researching her was that she very nearly got the role of Lynette in Desperate Housewives, which I think is wild. Oh my god, really? Because Lynette's the one that's like the mother of all the children. Felicity Hoffman, isn't it? Felicity Hoffman. Another Um, bad woman. (laughs) (laughs) But at least Felicity was like, yes, I did a bad thing. Yes, she ended up to it. what's her face, who never admitted it. Olivia Jade's mum. Yeah, that's that's kind of sad, that's what we know about. yeah, don't you think that's why? I that can't. Was, if, I, I can't picture her as Lynette. No. I think that would have just been. I think it would have been incredible. But I think imagine how much more elite Desperate Housewives would have been oh, though if she was in it. But then I think she probably with that character would have competed a lot with. Oh, who was the blonde woman? Who? Oh, uh, um, everyone. The one that was an icon. The one yes. that dies. Yes, the one. Spoiler alert. Um, <laughs> Edie. Edie. Yes. I think she would oh have God, like been incredible. a rival to Edie. I think that would have been an incredible yeah. dynamic. It would have been incredible. They could have been rivals and then become friends. Oh, they could have bonded. Yes. Anyway, it would have worked well. I just don't really see her as the Lynette that we know. No, we can't pick um, her. Sorry for the Desperate Housewives talk if you've not seen Desperate Housewives. Go watch also, it. I'm aware that Emily may be listening to this and I think she's watching it at the minute. I'm very sorry if I spoiled <laughs> a death to you. No, but it's Emily great. It's still great. It's still great. Even... We mention Emily all the time, so you'll know Emily. <laughs> um, I don't know why she comes up a lot. She clearly has a lot of opinions on um, popular culture. She does. So, most famous for being stuff of month, but I'm not going to talk about that at all because I do not care about it. I'm just going to talk about things that I love her in and things she's done that I love. So, to begin, things I love her in. Um, probably the first thing that I loved her in as a human was A Cinderella Story. Yes. Um, this movie, iconic. <laughs> um, it's, I think, if you're going to do a good adaptation of Cinderella, you need to make the stepmother and the stepsisters incredible mm-hmm. for me. Now, you can either go and make them very comedic, or you can make them just horribly evil. Yeah. And I think Jennifer Coolidge does both. Yes. And she does it so successfully. <laughs> so flawlessly. Um, I I mean, things I love about her in this role. Um, she's on an all-salmon diet. <laughs> Disgusting. Even the concept of all, and I don't like fish that much. So, 
the fact that people eat salmon cured and it's like raw, it just chokes my stomach anyway. And I know it's supposed to be like a delicacy oh, on a bagel or whatever, just, but... But it doesn't look good, does it? She's on an all-salmon diet. All-salmon. Oh, I watched a cl- the clip of it yesterday of her just eating some raw salmon and I thought, I love Jennifer, but it was, it was a hard scene to stomach. <laughs> and yet, still comedy gold for me. The, just the idea... Of someone just purely eating salmon. Oh, How would you get variety in there? <laughs> and it has to be Norwegian salmon. Oh, yeah. And she thinks that Norway is called Norwegia, which, again, comedy <laughs> gold. She says the people of Norwegia. Just, and, and the writing, if you just wrote that joke, it'd be like, uh, mediocre. It's her delivery. Yeah. Which is why, if you don't know Jennifer, some of this is going to be lost on you. Mm-hmm. Um, so just look up any Jennifer Coolidge interview or any clip of her. <laughs> Do you think a lot of it was ad-libbed in Cinderella's yes. story? Like, that can't be scripted, I think. The Nor- I hope. <laughs> the Norwegian. <laughs> I mean, there's so much of that film which is um, so badly written. Mm. Um, do you know that bit on TikTok that's kind of a meme now when... Um, Hilary Duff gets the message on her phone and she like giggles and then she types LOL yeah. or something like that. <laughs> so it's not a perfect film and I just think the bits, either someone knew how to write um, Jennifer very well or they casted her well mm-hmm. or she just improvised. That's the only yeah. option for me because she's just perfect in that yes, role. definitely. Whereas other people are not as good in that role. She makes the film and for me... A common thing that we'll find with Jennifer is that I couldn't really find an instance of her being the main character in a film. Um, yeah, there she might never be, is. Yeah, she's not famous for playing the main character, but despite that, she always steals the show. She she's does. always one of the memorable things from that film. Like a Cinderella story. Yes, you remember that Hilary Duff is in it, but who makes the film? <laughs> Jennifer. Um. <laughs> Also, I think that you could probably go into, like, reasons why she's never the lead, and I think, like, you know, she doesn't... She's beautiful, Mm -hmm. but she's not, like, the typical build of someone that you would have as the um, lead, which I think she's addressed in a roundabout way from time to time. Mm. And I just think that's a shame, because she could carry a film... So well. I think she's she's unfortunately one of the women in Hollywood who've become just typecast. Yeah. And I definitely think that it's she is incredible in every single role she does, in our opinion. But I think also she's the characters that she's given are very stereotypical and they're all very yeah. similar. So she has to do a lot with them because there's not a lot of variety in what she's been That's given. That's a really good point, actually, because... Because, I mean, just the fact that she was going... Because Desperate Housewives started early day. I, ca- I can't give you a year, but, like, noughties. Early yeah, noughties, early, early, say. yeah. Um, so she was quite early on in her career. She wasn't as established, I guess. And it kind of shows that she does have more variety, mm. but she was, like, very close to being cast Considered for it, yeah, definitely. Which is not something we would ever consider her doing. Cause no. It's, we've never been given the opportunity to see her do it. Yeah. You know? And I, we, I and just, she deserves that opportunity. She does. Let her be a lead in a movie. Let her write a movie. And oh, let her be the lead in God, it. Oh, God, it would be amazing. She does stand-up comedy as well. <gasps> She's talented. Is it on YouTube? Watched, 
Yeah, I watched a clip. There was like two clips, and I watched it. Um, and there's always a worry when you watch someone that you really respect doing stand up because mm. very few people do it well. Yep. Um, she does it well. She's good at it. <laughs> um, so some of my favorite quotes from a Cinderella story that she says is, um, "Droughts are for poor people." <laughs> That's what I mean. It has the comedy and it has the evil. You're, it's establishing that she's evil, but the way she says it. I wish I could do a good impression. I can't at all. No, I can't either. I, I, I can't even it. attempt it because I think it would be offensive. It's like, like, it would. I don't want to slander Jennifer. <laughs> so, droughts are for poor people. Um, and then she says, she's telling her children off, the two stepsisters. And they're like, you're not showing any emotion. And she says, it's the Botox. Can't show emotion for another hour and a half. <laughs> it's all in the performance. But you know, like, she's such a queen. Get all that Botox. Go for it. Go for it. My favourite one by far, though, is when Hilary Duff is crying on the bed because she's not going to a university. Um... <laughs> Jennifer just sits there and goes, you want a cookie? Mmm, it's so moist <laughs> as she eats a cookie over crying Hillary Duff. And it's stuff like that that I think just must be her. Yes. Was that written? Did they write her eating the cookie and going, mmm, so moist? <laughs> I don't think they were. I think also because we know other films that she's done, yeah. she, she just ad-libbed. So it's in the same vein as that. So... Makes sense. It makes sense that she would just... That would be her. Entirely her. Also, I find in films that she's in, um, the more you watch it, the more you really appreciate what she's doing. Mm-hmm. What I loved in this is, I've seen the film a lot, but I have never noticed the framed pictures of her in the background. Oh, amazing. Just full-on model shots. <laughs> and then, this is my favourite quote from the movie of all time, because I think it's iconic. Um, I have never seen my husband's hidden will before. Just, isn't that what you want to be? <laughs> You've never seen your husband's hidden will before? So good. So good. If you've not seen the film, watch it, but I, just cut out all the bits that she's not in. Yeah. You don't need to see Hilary Duff and um, Chad Michael Murray. He's so... You know? It's so basic. Like, the actual so whole love plot between them is... Awful, because we Very it was the last film we watched before we all left for uni, yeah. and it was like really sad. We were trying to do this like big sleepover thing, we pushed we all were. the sofas together, and we were like, he didn't recognize her. He was convinced. He didn't recognize her. She and it's it's like it's not a cartoon, so you can't forgive it. She's got <laughs> a mask on. That's it. That like a teeny tiny mask. She has the same voice, and she yeah. has everything the same. Oh my god, everything it's iconic. Is the same makes no sense. If you took Jennifer Coolidge out of that film, it wouldn't be worth watching. No, it really wouldn't. It would not be worth watching. It wouldn't be... You know when it's um so bad that it's good? Yes. It would just be bad. Yes. Anyway, next one, Legally Blonde, which we've already addressed because it's incredible. <laughs> um, she's... One of the things that I love about her as well is, again, she's never been the main part, but... She has such an impact on popular culture. Like people mm. know her for this role. They quote this role a lot. Yeah. They qu- they like men- people mention Stifler's mum a lot. I haven't mm. even seen the film, and I've heard that reference so much. Um, so I just think she's got a big place in popular culture. But anyway, in Legally Blonde, she is Elle's best friend from 
just meeting while doing her nails. Mm-hmm. Um, she's been in a bad relationship. She's got no confidence. They've broken up and that her ex-boyfriend has her dog. <laughs> and you're really rooting for her to get the dog back. It's such an iconic part of the film because it's not only does she get the dog back, but Elle also starts to realise that she can use law and being a lawyer for good. Yes. It's a pivotal so, moment in the it in is the a film. It's a pivotal moment. That's exactly the perfect way to describe it. <laughs> so, um she goes up to her ex boyfriend and she's like, Gimme the dog but she's not got confidence to begin with. She's no. got no confidence. Elle comes over, she starts using legal jargon, which I watched the clip yesterday, I read the comments underneath, and people who are actual lawyers were saying everything she's saying makes literally no sense. It does <laughs> It's not a thing. But she uses legal jargon, which confuses him. And then that gives Jennifer the confidence. I don't know the name of the character in the film. I've forgotten. But it gives Jennifer the confidence to then say, I'm taking the dog, dumbass. (laughs) We'd all been waiting for that moment. (laughs) And when it happened, we had nothing but support for that woman. Also, on another note, it's one of the reasons I just love Legally Blonde in general, because it's just got so much of women supporting women. Mm-hmm. It's kind of all about that. So you have um, Jennifer supporting Elle all the way through. Then you have, like, it starts off with Elle and Vivian being enemies, like, mm-hmm. placed in the position of en- enemies, because yeah. Vivian's dating Elle's ex-boyfriend. But then by the end, they're best friends yeah. as well. The law professor, who's a woman, is the one that gets Elle to go back to Harvard after she's been harassed yep. by one of the male professors. There's so much women support women, and none of the male characters are developed. And I love that. The female <laughs> characters are developed. They're all complex. They're different characters. Yeah. The men, like, her love interest, his, I mean, he's good, but, like, he doesn't have any personality. His only personality just... trait is that he supports her. Yeah, that's literally it. There's <laughs> no other personality trait to that man. Warner, nothing. Or his only personality trait is that he dumps Elle. That's it. And he goes to Harvard and then is surprised that she got into Harvard. What? And like it's gra- hard? Like it's hard. And then he graduates without honours. Yeah. Without a job and without a girlfriend. And I just love that, um, oh, her name's Paulette. Jennifer's name is yes, Paulette. Yes, it's film. Paulette, yeah. And she turns up to watch Elle in court. She's probably got to be at her job. But she turns <laughs> up to watch her big court appearance. And then, this is my favourite bit, at the end, she's at Elle's graduation. And you know when it like tells you a bit about what happens to everyone after oh, yeah, the film yeah. ends? Um, Paulette gets with the guy that she likes. The UPS guy the UPS guy, they're having a child and she's going to name the child Elle. (laughs) How supportive. How supportive of a friend is that? Anyway, you may have guessed what my last film is going to be that I talk about. Um, It's Austin Land. (laughs) I don't think I've mentioned this before on this podcast, but Austin Land is my favourite film ever. It's the most obscure film. It's so weird because I feel like it didn't make any... You think it, it just disappeared, like it came out, yeah. you vaguely hear about it in contention yeah. with other period dramas, but it just disappeared. But it, it should not be, it sh- there should be a revival for Austin Land. If you've not seen Austin Land, 
watch it and watch it now. Um, basically, it's about a woman called Jane, funnily enough, who's obsessed with Jane Austen and Pride and Prejudice. So and she she's American as well, she's which American. I think is... That's kind of crucial. Yeah. <laughs> she finds a place in England where you can go and kind of live out your Jane Austen fantasies yep. for a, a week or so. I don't know how long. Maybe a month. It seems like a, a long time. <laughs> a long time. You go, you have the full experience. There's men there who are kind of meant to be like the Paid actors Austen to men. woo you. Yeah, to woo you. And um, honestly, it sounds iconic and I wish it could go. But um, she uses all her money to go here, and when she's there, she's kind of surrounded by two other very rich women, one being Jennifer Coolidge, who becomes her best friend. Again, <laughs> just becomes someone's best friend and supports them. Um, the film itself just deserves a podcast on its own, mm-hmm. like with not even me and Holly doing two different things, just us talking. About Austinland, yeah. Austinland, non-stop. Um, I think it's the best film in existence. <laughs> but would it be the best film in existence without Jennifer? No. No. Um, and I say this because this is a quote directly from IMDb. Jennifer Coolidge, um, all of her lines were made up on the spot, <laughs> according to producers. According to producers, it was almost impossible to get her to memorise her script. So she just didn't <laughs> learn the script. even try she didn't even try to learn so that for me when you're watching the film that's why it's so chaotic and also I watched bloopers from it I'm convinced no one learned their script I think that no one was following a script no they just had a good time um who's the main character her name's Carrie Carrie something in real life I actually love the actor I can't remember her full name but Carrie something funnily enough she is married to the guy who plays Mr. Darcy in Death Comes to Pemberley. No. My least favourite Mr. Darcy. Oh my god, what's his name? She's called, I think maybe she's called Kerry Russell. And yes. he's called Matthew Reed. Yes, he's Matthew, because he's Welsh. They're yeah. married. How, don't you find that funny? That like she plays a role of someone obsessed <laughs> with Mr. Darcy, and then she marries Mr. Darcy? <laughs> I just find that hilarious. Amazing. <laughs> yeah, but you know how I feel about Matthew Rees. I don't know why. He's in every period drama. He's in every period drama, and I never... (laughs) See, I like him in other things. If it's not a period drama, I think he's a very good actor. Do not like the man in a period drama. (laughs) Although he was okay in Death Comes to Pembley, I'll give him that. Yeah. Um, So, I just think it's iconic that she made up lines. She's so supportive in it, she's incredible, she gives Jane a makeover, which is iconic. Um, And then, my favourite bit, probably in the whole film, is it's like a montage of the girls doing like traditional roles that they would have to do if they lived in a Jane Austen novel. So they're sat just reading with each other. (laughs) And this is one of the scenes where I think it's clear that she's not learned her lines um, because she's pretending to read Pride and Prejudice, but she's made up the plot. And she says that Mr. Darcy says this, Jane, listen. Listen right now. If you want to sleep with me tonight, I would actually talk to you the next day. How great is that line? No no one could have written that line. Although Austinland as well, I do think it is like does have a lot of female people who were on the um production direction. Ah, and okay. it's well it is it's produced by Stephanie Mayer's production company. No, it's not. 
Why does she have a production? Oh my god, I need to see what other films. I'm, and maybe we'll fact check that later, but I'm quite <sighs> sure that's true because I I vaguely remember that in my head. So it does have female people behind it. So lines like this could be written, but I genuinely think they're the wow. of Jennifer. Oh my god. Um, but yeah, that's just. Um, I'm not going to tell you too much about it because I don't. You have to see it. I can't explain the quotes to you because it's mainly her delivery. Performance. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, me saying it is. That's only 50% of it. The other 50% <laughs> is purely her performance. So, just to end on, there's a few things from her life which I love as well. Um, what This I love, but I hate it. <laughs> she auditioned for SNL, but they didn't cast her. Like, back what? in the early days. They should have cast her. Oh my god. What was it? Um, She's the queen of improvising. Big mistake. Huge. 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 <laughs> it was a huge mistake. Yes. And we need to rectify it by letting her host SNL. I think she should run it. I think she should. She should. Yeah. She should run it. No, Replace no one of the on Jimmys and just yeah. give it. Oh my god. Give her a chat show. Oh my god. Just give her one. Oh I would god. watch it. Oh my god. It would just be chaotic. Um... Also, when I it was hard to find some information on her because people haven't written enough on her. But it said when I looked her up originally, you know when it comes up and it just says like actor, singer, yeah, whatever. Yeah. It was like actor, comedian, activist, <gasps> and I tried so hard to find what like what she was an activist for. Yeah. Apparently, she just does a lot of charity work. It was hard to find out, pin it down. But apparently, she has done a lot of work with AIDS charities. And animal rights charities, which... Nice. So she's an ally. She's an ally, and she likes animals, um, so that's lovely. I also love when she was in the Thank You Next video with Ariana Grande. Was she actually? Yep, she reprised her role of Paulette. Oh my god. And also, if you didn't know, Ariana Grande does a great impression of her, um, <laughs> which she's done on one of the Jimmy's shows, I don't know which Jimmy. Uh, you can find it on YouTube, and then um, Jennifer loves it. There was no, there was no hate between these ladies. She posted the impression to her Instagram. <laughs> she was like, "Love this, Ariana." She maybe didn't say that, but she loved it. <laughs> women supporting women, and then the last few things. The last three things I'm going to mention are probably the funniest things I've seen on YouTube in the past year. Wow. Well, one's on TikTok, but it's in, on YouTube as well. But genuinely. <laughs> Go watch these videos. The first one is her Thirst Tweets video, which I think you do with BuzzFeed. Oh, yeah, I've seen Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think we watched this together. It's incredibly funny. One of the reasons is um, someone's called her a MILF in the tweet, and they ask, and she's, they ask her if that's something she gets a lot, and she says, yeah, because of the movie, but not in my real life, because, and then this is the quote, I don't really have any children, I was barren, but her delivery, <laughs> perfection. Um, to unpack the quote, I don't really have any children. Yeah, Makes it seem ambiguous. <laughs> she could but have she, some out there. She could. She's just not sure. And I was barren. Just that short sentence wow. of I was barren. You don't really get people saying barren. Outside <laughs> the 1960s. But here she comes through with barren. Um... Not Baron Trump, Baron as in can't have children. Not weird that that's what Baron Trump's called though. I think it's like the like a robber baron, like, like a yeah oil baron. When you're a baron, yeah. Um, he's so I, tall, freaks me out. Apparently, uh, apparently he's lovely. 
I've seen TikToks about that. Yeah. I feel bad for him. So he's really but this isn't about you. No, it's not. No, we're talking Wait, about... what were you gonna say? Just that I've seen TikToks where people say that his classmates say that he's like quite really quiet and he has to keep to himself and that he's kind of kind to people and just Save Baron. <laughs> I hope he's okay. Save Baron. Save Britney, save Baron. Um the next video, which again, funniest video on YouTube at the minute, is a it's something Holly sent to me. It was also on TikTok. It's a video for high school graduation. Oh, this year. Which, yeah, if you've seen celebrities, it must be a thing in America that they do do videos for graduations there with maybe celebrities that have gone to the school. Mm. Um, I've seen some in the past. I've usually seen them for university, but it's like celebrities go and do speeches there. I've seen one that Will Ferrell does. Will Ferrell, very funny man, very weird man, and even his is compared to Jennifer's ten times more normal. It's and he <laughs> sings at the end of his. Oh dear! He does a full on song. Wow! And his is so much more normal than this. <laughs> she did a video, um, because you know it's coronavirus. She can really turn up. Um, it's gothic, and I just I wish I could show it, but. The main bits are that she's got a table full of creepy dolls, which I can only assume she owns. Because <laughs> it, she can't. Yeah. Did she go out in a? Bu- Where has she got them cre- from? <laughs> Where? And I, when I say creepy dolls, it's not like they're just a little bit creepy. These are the creepiest dolls I've ever seen. So if she just owns them, incredible. Also, there's one dog, like one toy dog instead of a doll, which I also love. And the dog's got a flower crown on, which is something (laughs) and then her most memorable quote from it and just a reminder this is for a high school graduation so traditionally you might keep it light you will bask in the sunlight in one moment and be shattered on the rocks in the next (laughs) it's beautiful that is the most profound thing i've heard ever but imagine so intense to be like you're gonna have some good times and then ten times immediately after at your high school graduation. <laughs> and then the last thing is simply just a TikTok that also Holly did send this to me. <laughs> just again, get all recently. Jennifer Coolidge TikToks. Like. Just, apparently Holly's getting all the Jennifer Coolidge on her TikToks. That's all her algorithm is. Yeah. The camera pans up from her feet to her head. <laughs> and then when it gets to her head, she just turns to the camera and goes, Hi. The hi. saddest high. Hi. Yes, like how Holly said it. <laughs> the saddest little high I have ever heard. But she the must have. She the positioning camera. of it. So, because it pans from her feet, she must have been standing in that position the entire time as it was yeah. slowly panning up her body. Yeah. And then she just sort of stares deadly into the, car- into the camera and is just like, hi. <laughs> it's exactly like that. But I'm going to link all of this. Um, it's just it's comedy gold to me that there's people out there who genuinely believe women aren't funny and i just i can't see how after jennifer coolidge exists i don't understand it Mm. she's incredible and my dream is just to meet her one day i think or meet her or just like become her Mm. much like the if you've seen the coven series of american horror stories there's a supreme, and then when that supreme, like, a new supreme comes and that supreme dies, mm-hmm. my dream would to be, to, 
would be if I became the next Jennifer Coolidge. But, like, the saddest bit would be that she would have to die for that to happen, so... I'm okay with not becoming Jennifer Coolidge. But I think if... in that in that sense, you could have it as, like, more women supporting women, because she wouldn't have to die. She could share the power. We would have so much power that it may be dangerous. <laughs> that, like, I think that maybe would be the apocalypse. But it would be great. Like that's but, the... No, actually, I say that. She would have the majority of the power. I could never have that power. I think the true dream would be if Jennifer Coolidge wrote, produced, directed, and starred in her own film. Yeah, just a one-woman show. Like, I would die. Oh, yeah, die. no other people in it. I don't want anyone else to star in it. She plays every character. <laughs> Wouldn't that be great? Though? Oh, my God. I Dream come true. It's like, isn't there? I haven't seen it, but I think out there there is a one-woman production of West Side Story by Cher. Really? <laughs> Yeah. I don't know if she's done the whole of it, but Oh wow. I see I've seen clips on TikTok and um Oh I need to see it because that's it. You find out so much on TikTok, don't you? Honestly, it's educated me so much more Same. in the past however many months I've had it this year. I agree. I think I've probably had it for a year now, which is quite sad. Yeah. I mean technically I've had it over a year because I had it and then I I had it like two years ago and then I broke my phone immediately after getting it and then forgot <laughs> I had it. It's um, a time Shrek in my life Girly I 12. Phone. Shrek Girly 12. <laughs> Go support me. Um, and there was a time in my life though where I did break phones a lot and I'm very grateful that I've not broken old trusty here for uh, over a year. I know she's, years, she's doing not. well. I have nightmares about breaking my But then, most of the time, we haven't gone out for a very, very long time. I think the problem was, I got overly confident going out and thought that it was a viable option to not take a bag going out. Oh, I Um, remember this phase. I would just hold it in my hand. I would hold it, I would have my, like, cards and any means of paying or identification in the back of the phone. Um, And then... I don't know, like, as soon as I get drunk, I lose all concept of arms. And I just, like, throw it across the room. I don't know how. And it was really dangerous, actually, because there was one time I went to a club and there was a ball pit. I jumped in the ball pit because, well, I waited in line and then said, you get in the ball pit now. And I jumped in the ball pit. And as soon as I jumped in, uh, the case came off my phone and all my cards, like, my credit card my student oh my id God. and my life id fell out of my phone and there was like eight other people oh in my this God. Ball pit, and i was like stop moving <laughs> where was this ball pit what is, uh, where did they used to like host bongo bingo oh oh canal mills canal mills it was at canal mills it was a weird night of my life if i'm honest <laughs> Anyway, Holly, um, after that brief interlude, I think we're ready for some more women that we love who are also blonde. Yes. Um, so do the big reveal. <laughs> big, big reveal. I'm talking about the one, the only, Miss Dolly Parton. Incredible. Who incredible. I really, this past year has been like, I mean, I'm talking like academic years, maybe from, no, maybe like a year ago, actually. I really, I was going through a Dolly Renaissance with myself. Yeah. I really I was that. just like okay, this is the time for this woman to be 
she's she's really speaking to me right now. She is another woman that I imagine I will just age into. I I mean more looks wise. I think like there will be a time in my life where I look like a discount knockoff Jennifer Coolidge, and then <laughs> age into and Dolly then Parton. Age into Dolly Parton, mainly with the hair and the outfits. I feel rhinestones. I think I'll just go big hair. I think that's the only way to go. Yeah, she's yeah. amazing and I actually I really wish that I'd seen it but I hadn't seen it she's done a um is it wired where they answer all the most internet's most searchable oh, questions so I'll link yes. it but I haven't seen this it. is going to be without talking about that but I do know quite a lot about her um so when she is just her influence and her impact on yeah. every inch of pop culture for 50 years has been yeah. outreaching so, yeah. I... I imagine you're mainly talking about her role in Hannah Montana, right? <laughs> yes, me, who never had Disney Channel as a child. She, that was, that well, was a seminal out. moment. <laughs> what was she doing on Hannah? I know because Miley Cyrus is her goddaughter. Well, she just did that. She was just Hannah Montana's godmother. Really? Yeah, they would sing together. The, like, her, Miley Cyrus and Billy Ray, they, like, would sit down, have a song. And she was really cute on it, actually. <laughs> you can probably find clips. It was, it was really. They were probably my favorite episodes when Dolly was on. Aww. She was just because you've got to remember Hannah Montana's mum was dead, so she didn't have oh. a female influence in her life. So she when Dolly, Dolly came, it was like, yeah, what was her name too. on it? I think it was just Dolly Parton. Was she? she literally was just <laughs> incredible. Oh my god. Well, there was no change in that. That's amazing. I think when I was thinking back to it, I was like, I think the first song that I heard Dolly Parton was Jolene, which mm. I'm assuming is a, a an experience that many share. Because yeah. I was so self-absorbed as a child. I just loved that she was singing about this beautiful woman who had red hair and pale I knew skin. I was going to say that. I just, I think, and I may be wrong in this, in this statement, I think if you have red hair or ginger hair, because it's kind of unusual, you do, whenever there's a song or a book or a film that specifically mentions red hair, someone beautiful with red hair, you have to embody that. Yeah. I just latched, I absolutely latched onto it and was like, this and is it. And why wouldn't you? I am. Why wouldn't you? I am Jolene. I don't know what it's about. It's a cheating song. Didn't really get that. But um, wasn't about that as a child. It was just this beautiful yeah. woman. It's about Jolene being an icon as throughout the years that's what it's about and Dolly being like I greatness recognises greatness but like don't take my man yeah, don't take him you're gonna age into Dolly Parton and I'm gonna age into Jolene <gasps> like that will just be I would be happy for us like if right if I do ever get married which is oh my god I forgot if I do do take my husband do take him because it is my dream to live that out. So um, you have oh my, my permission God. now. I forgot about again. I forgot about the cheating thing. <laughs> if when like if when it's happening, I'm like, oh Holly, why are you doing this? Please don't do it. You have to still do it because um, it is my dream. So we need to fulfill it. Okay, well I'll, yep. I'll hold you to that and remind you. <laughs> Please do. <laughs> I will. I won't regret ever saying that. <laughs> yeah. And then nine till five. Nine two five, not nine to five. Was just they used to play it at school discos. I remember that. I feel that. (laughs) I feel that that was probably a thing. But do you not think like 
even if you if you listen to it now, I could put it on in the morning. And I know it's kind of against working nine to five, mm. but I could put it on in the morning and be like, yes, ready to yes. take this day on. Instantly yeah. energized. Instantly. Yeah. It just, it's yeah. amazing. Um, and I haven't seen the film. Have you seen the film? Not seen the film. Should have seen it, but I haven't. Maybe we should say that we will watch it. We will. I've definitely. Because I also I love, promise to watch things and do love Jane Fonda them. and I love Lily Tomlin. Oh my god. Another icon. I wish I wish we were talking about all of those women, but we're not. But they are iconic. Are iconic. Watch Grace and Frankie and just watch. I haven't seen it. Haven't Have you not it. seen it? It's really no. good. It's really, really good. Okay, okay. Well. Um, And I think I saw this TikTok that said that Dolly Parton could have written the Communist Manifesto, as she basically did with um, 9 to 5. Did. But Karl Marx could never have written 9 to 5 and distilled cap- um, anti-capitalist theory in such a way as she did which I think is just true. I wish I remember who said that, but I don't remember who said that. But I wholeheartedly agree. We support it. And of course she wrote I Will Always Love You, which... Which is my uh, mum and dad's song. I love that so much. Because they... They both love Whitney, but um, when they first were going out, that... This is how I understand it. Maybe I'm wrong, but they both had that like that version of the song instead of Whitney's version, and they were like, "Oh my god, you have Dolly's version!" Instant, like this is what I mean. Dolly is a cult. She brings well, people without, together. Without Dolly, I may not exist. <laughs> <laughs> if he had the Whitney version, your mum be like, "Oh no, he's not." She'd be like, um, red flag. Sorry, I'm not a fan of the Bodyguard. <laughs> oh, sorry, it's amazing. Bob. But I think I Will Always Love You is the reason you told me about Drunk History episode, mm. which mm-hmm. go, which is amazing. I'll link it, which goes yes. into the brief history of how this song came about. And I there's the a podcast, which I absolutely love, Dolly Parton's America, which again, I will link because I think it's my comfort place. I think I've listened to it maybe about five times now and I just revert back to it. It gives me so much joy. Yeah. But it's really, really good, and there's like nine episodes and something. And they have what does she talk about on it? Everything they talk about. Everything. Most of my information about her comes from the podcast. Oh, it's just it's, I love that. And I they have to give it a listen. they go to her. They talk about her history. They talk about her impact. They talk about her politics. They talk about I will always love you. Gets this whole episode. Amazing. Oh, I love that. So, brief history of it. So she was on the Porter Wagner show as his like female act replacing. Yeah. Norma Jean and people didn't like her at the beginning yeah. and she was kind of quiet jolly this was the 60s so you can imagine and it was very yeah. much his show and then they started yeah. doing duets and they became like huge huge stars traveling oh. doing everything and then Dolly wants to start her solo career and she started to feel stifled by him because he was this like older man and he took and she it- was much more talented yes so. And he took it really, really badly. And part of letting her out of her contract was he wanted to produce a final record. And the record she brought him was I Will Always Love You, which was written to him as the, you got to let me go now. I will always love you, but you've got to let me go. And then even after that, it got sour and he was like bad-mouthing her in public and he was suing her for rights. And... She just settles with him. She sells. It's like a couple of. It's like a million or like a couple of million dollars yeah. or something. And um, he's like dying of cancer, and they reconcile, and she gives his children the royalties of the songs that I didn't know she did that. They have with each other, so it's like 
she just does the right thing. She's so lovely. She's, I think, her track record, she's just got this really generous heart, yeah. and it's beautiful to see. And apparently, she wrote I Will Always Love You and Jolene on the same night. The talent in that. <laughs> the absolute talent. Imagine, that's what you produce in one night of creative genius. Yeah, I mean, like, it takes us over an hour to produce this, and <laughs> this doesn't this doesn't even compare to that. <laughs> oh, I just love her. Yeah. So they they do go into this more on um, the podcast, uh, but she has been kind of called out for the way that she doesn't really take a side, and that she, in kind of politics, and okay. she doesn't call out Donald Trump. Um, for what he said about women. And since 2016, journalists have just been hounding her to talk about political issues. And it's really interesting. I I mean, I find it interesting. Because, I mean, there is a part of me that thinks it's not necessarily their job to do that. Like, if they want to, that's fine. But, I mean, the thing is, if she has views that you don't like, you're going to just... I mean, I think taking a stance is good. Mm -hmm. But... I don't know that, like, you can fully dislike someone for not being the influence you want them to be, if that makes sense. Yeah, and I think because at the... Is it the 2018? Maybe 2018, 2019, um, they were... Her, Jane Fonda, and Lily Tomlin were giving an award. Yeah. And because 9 Till 5 has been revived as a musical. Yeah. And it's hugely successful, like, Dolly's production companies doing oh, it and stuff that. and when they were like reunited Lily Tom and Jane Fonda came out and was like making huge things against Donald Trump and Dolly Parton just yeah. looked so uncomfortable she looked really quiet and right. then she landed back on um a boob joke about herself I think she said something like um which is quite good <laughs> if anyone knows about to support it's me with Flopsy and Droopy or something like she just <laughs> And this is what she does. She just, I think, in interviews, because a lot of the time she's had to face like a lot of sexism about her looks. Yeah. And people just having comments in general about everything that she does. And so she makes the jokes before they can. And she, I think this is how she has navigated such like a diverse range of people that follow her. So she's got like super yeah. right-wing people, Trump supporters, like Southern people, but then also like yeah. huge LGBT Q plus community drag exactly. queens like it really is just she has the largest demographic in the whole of America it's amazing yeah Um, and if she did come out against Trump she would isolate that huge part of her fan base so it's not in her remit to do yeah. that as a businesswoman well also like like you say I mean she her origins are as a country singer mm-hmm. and from what I understand it, I may be completely uneducated in saying this there is in a lot of sort of Trump supporters, maybe that would maybe this is really ignorant to say, but like I feel like there is a sort of association between like country music and hardcore yeah. country music, not necessarily Dolly Parton's country music, but country mm-hmm. and the Donald Trump yeah. supporter, and that might not be true at all, and I'm sure there's people who aren't that but there is a stereotype and an association mm. between that it's the white um, rural southern working class that feel like donald trump is their leader and their savior for exactly. some reason and that he so, is voicing 
their concerns and in that they've been left behind. So it's understandable yeah. why and I think I I haven't seen it, but seen as we mentioned it last week, but the Taylor Swift documentary that she did oh, yeah. on Netflix. I think that's something she addresses where she's like when she came out against Donald Trump and I mean she also has her origins in sort of country yeah. music. So you you have to be aware that you are gonna be alienating part of your audience mm. by doing it and that's a decision you make and I can't say which is right and wrong I know which I would probably do myself because I'm probably too outspoken but <laughs> no but I think know. but when you actually look at I think she really and even though she hasn't like taken aside in traditional sense and she doesn't call herself a feminist which we will get onto but the nuance that she knows the nuances of personal politics like to a T because what she sings yeah. about is empowerment women's rights the rights of the worker and displaced people like she's got songs about immigrants and stuff so that is not somebody that has like this right wing that she it's not like she's ignoring something but i think the way that she removes herself from this very like quick pick a side and you've got to stick to that side well, that's. I was surprised when you said that she had never taken like a well that she didn't take a stance on either because in my head, she, I I don't know she's very always had very progressive views. Yes, yeah. like, because because of what she sings about and yeah. what she does rather than what she says. Yeah. and in a way, like I feel maybe that's more important that even though she never said anything, mm-hmm. I knew like I felt for myself that she was very like a very loving person Mm. wants everyone to be loved and respected equally yeah and i think that's it's her practice that really reflects that rather than it being her just coming out with a statement or making like joining in the joke with what who probably most white old americans consider hanoi jane jane fonda because she spoke out against um the vietnam war (laughs) so you know that's the demographic that Dolly is still like I love Jane Fonda so much. She's oh, her political work amazing. She was still getting wasn't she getting arrested at the Black Lives Matter movement? Like getting arrested. (laughs) She's like seventy something. Definitely. If you haven't seen the iconic picture of Jane Fonda where she's been arrested and they're taking her like um, what do you call them? The shots you take when you're arrested. Mugshot. And she was in handcuffs and she has um, she can. What is she's double jointed in her wrist, so she managed to get her wrist out the handcuff or something like that. And she puts her fist in the air. Amazing. And it's the most iconic picture ever. <laughs> Such an icon. Love her. Absolutely love her. So, yeah. um, in the podcast, um, yeah. They were talking a lot about the scholarship, um, and they suggest that, that people like because people do like Dolly studies now. Like people have written so many papers about her. It's amazing. Um, they suggest that she was the original third wave feminist who embraced her femininity and sexuality still in the age of second wave feminism and she faced such a backlash from everybody for her appearance, for her surgeries and um, so she doesn't she controversially doesn't describe herself as a feminist but um, unlike Miss Landa Ray who try and distance themselves from the feminist movement as a I still want to, it's like pick me girl stuff yeah. Everything about her embodies feminism. Um, and she's just so unapologetically herself that it's yeah. really empowering because she's navigated this world that was against her. They were publicly against her. She was going, every interview she's in, people make jokes about her. And um, it's just, 
she's been really, really successful and just resonates with an incredible yeah. amount of people. So in 2002, she said she considers herself feminine. She considers I consider myself a woman with some talent and some power, some guts and some spunk. But I would have been that if I'd been a man. I think women should be treated equally. And I'm going to see to it that I am. Which sounds like very feminist. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, for all we know, there's a lot of people behind the scenes are like the publicity people who maybe specifically say to her, don't. Don't label yourself feminist. Don't yeah. label yourself with one political party mm-hmm. because you will lose the majority yeah. of your audience. Wh- not majority, because the majority of her audience probably isn't that. But, I-, I mean, yes, she has some autonomy in that. But I do imagine there's people behind the scene being like, don't say that. Yeah, it's worked so far for money. you. Don't. Yeah. Why would you give it up now after navigating it for 50 years? Yeah. So... She has been hounded for the way she looks, and her response has always been, she said, I would do it even if I wasn't in show business. I would be a waitress spending all my wages on makeup and bleach and high-heeled shoes. I think of my makeup as a box of crayons, and I look at myself as a blank canvas. I like getting paint on there. It makes me feel better. I'm not a natural beauty. I'm not... It's not that I'm beautiful with all that shit either. It's just that I enjoy it, and it's what makes me comfortable. Which is what it should be. Which is the root of all of it. It should be doing it for yourself. Exactly. I mean, honestly, I think I would wear a lot more makeup if I had the confidence to just be like, crayons, put it on, like that sort of vibe. (laughs) And also, if I was better at at it, because you see all these girls now do like these crazy colours and colourful looks. It's amazing. I feel like I put a bit of eyeshadow on and it's just like, watch and then it's wrong but if i had her confidence i would look like her every day and be like yes i'm gonna just do what i want and i don't care what you say yes and my makeup is fully for me because sadly as much as like i do think that obviously there are days where i think i'm going out in public Mm -hmm. i'm going to wear mascara not for myself but because i feel self-conscious of what others will think yeah where really we should all think like she does. Yes, and it should be, it's not, oh, women can't, or like people just can't wear makeup because you're being oppressed. It's not about that. It's like, no, what, but what are the reasons that you're doing it for? Is it because yeah. you, because I felt like, I felt like that my entire life. Like, if exactly. I go out without any makeup on, even mascara, people will go, oh, oh, you don't look very well. What's wrong with you? Why have you not? Has someone said that to a, you? A music teacher said that to me. Here's the thing. I say this in all honesty, and it doesn't matter. However, you look without makeup, you. I don't think you look very different without mascara. I have learned since lockdown. I've really <laughs> given up, and this is probably the first time I've worn mascara in a long time. So I've got very used to my face with no makeup on, and it's. I feel the same. The pressure that I don't even think I don't even look at myself and go, "Oh, you hideous beast! Don't go outside today," or yeah. put some mascara on. It's like I don't even think it. It takes so much. We we have to spend so much time thinking about, oh well, I'm, I need to present myself a certain way to be accepted in the world, and you think yeah. that the world is constantly looking at you because as women, that is what we've been conditioned to think. Everyone will have no, yeah. everyone will have an opinion on your appearance. People feel obliged to comment about you no matter what you're doing. Exactly. And I mean, it it shocks me that like a teacher said to you, and do you know you what look the, Ill. the weird thing was? The... It was what. So it was like 
I was performing at our prom and it was in this giant theatre because there were so many kids in my school and it was the I was terrified yeah. it was the worst thing I've ever done. But it was fine. Um and it was the morning before that. So I obviously didn't have any makeup on because I was going to put my makeup on later yeah. for my prom. Yeah. Which makes sense. And that she was genuinely like, You don't look very well. Are you okay? I've never seen you look like this. Teacher. I was sixteen. But, like, the shocking thing is, like, that is something that a lot of people get told if they're not wearing makeup. And it's, like, the reason we look like that is that from about your young adulthood, you're kind of, not told, but, well, you are kind of told that, like, makeup is normal Mm. now. And it's normal for you to wear it all the time. And then suddenly you're not wearing it and people are like, oh, you have blotchier skin than I really anticipated. (laughs) Like, of course I do. It's how it's I, all... It's normal. Yeah, it's how it's all self-policed and it's all perniciously, like, incorporated into young girls' mentalities, definitely, that you think, oh, well, I've got to spend a lot of time making myself up because people will say something if I turn up yeah. and I'm I'm just literally... I'm not here for my face. I'm here to learn something, which is what school should well, be about. I mean, rightly or wrongly, you kind of get taught through being in school that, like, if you're wearing makeup, it has to be natural. It has to look like Mm. you're not wearing makeup, which is a bad message because it's like, oh, to wear makeup, it has to look like you're not wearing any makeup and you just have to improve the way you look, essentially. Yeah, it's still altering your face. Yeah, makeup should just be like, I want to wear it. It's my way of expressing myself. And I don't know, it's the same issue I think we have with, like, shaving your legs and stuff like mm. that I, as much as you say you're doing it for yourself how much are we actually are you doing, doing it? it for yourself yeah. you know and if you are doing it for yourself do it mm-hmm. but i just deep down like i mean as much as i'll say like yeah i'm doing it for myself I've, i'm doing, doing it because i've been conditioned to do it and yeah. i don't think i'll ever not shave my armpits because again at school someone and I was shaving my armpits at this point. There was nothing there. I've got quite fair body hair. And someone, yeah. a boy came up to me and went, oh, do you not shave your armpits? And I was like, how on earth do you possibly know that? Why are you asking me that? And it must have been one of the girls had decided to say That's something to one of the boys. And you just think, so as a, what, 13, 14 year old, I instantly became self-conscious. And it's something that I carry around with me to this day. That is horrendous. I got... I, the like those two PE teachers talked about the fact that my legs were hairy. They didn't realize the I teachers. Could hear them. This is the thing. Yeah. Oh my god! Like, it's disgraceful. You are adults, and I was like fourteen. Oh my god! Oh my god! It's like, I'd like, ugh! It's just hair, and it's you know, ugh, oh. it's fine. It's anyway. Tell me about Dolly so we don't get too angry about I can't believe it's but isn't conditioned. it isn't it mad that that's two teachers in two different settings like that's how it's all enforced anyway it's all I know maybe this this yeah. is an awful stereotype and I don't fully believe in it but it's just my experience I've always kind of had kind of bitchy PE teachers and I don't I feel like they're kind of the yeah. teachers in my experience where they've been like if you're good at sports, you're like their best pal. They ha- they form a clique if, very quickly and they're dead yeah. pally with them and it's like, mm, okay. And if you're bad at sports, it's like, we'll talk about your leg hairs. <laughs> oh my god. Oh, it's awful. Anyway, more wonderful things about women we love. Yeah. Cheer me up. <laughs> 
I also think it's really interesting the way that she's navigated when people ask about her choosing not to have children. Because, yeah, I've never really thought about that. Yeah, as women who are childless, there's always a stereotype and a, a portrayal around that. But she just, she just didn't do it. And she, especially because she was, she's been with, she's been married to Carl Thomas Dean since 1966. My dad Aww. was three years old. So, yeah. which is terrifying in, if you have a parent born in the 60s or late Yeah, 50s. my mum was born in that year. So she's been married to one man. She's been married the length of my mum's life. Isn't that crazy? Scary to me. Oh, I hate that. So yeah. So she has like a stereotypical, you know, she's been married when she was quite young kind of thing. But <clears> they <throat> live quite separate, private lives. And they've managed From to keep... each other? Yeah, I think he just <laughs> kind of does his own thing and they kind of like come back together but he's he's like stayed out of public eye the entire time like very little's known about that. him which i think is amazing yeah, um, and she says she sees her numerous siblings children as her own but she's so unapologetic about this um it's hard to just like just to not love her so she is very unapologetic about not having children and yeah. just love that she's just gone same it's not for me it's not happening um so, as much as we're not here for people hoarding their wealth, no. she, so, which, you know, she has Dollywood, she has, yeah. like, this big restaurant chain or something. I do kind of want to go to Dollywood, I though, so you know? want to go to Dollywood. Oh, my God. Like, I think I'd probably cry the entire time I was there. I'd be so yeah. happy. It would be incredible. Imagine if she turned up and you were like, oh, my God, Dolly. She turns up, Jennifer Coolidge in hand. <laughs> Can you imagine if they were secretly That's like best dream. friends? That would be the dream. Oh. I hope they are. Somehow they've become best friends. Oh, that would be amazing. Um, but she has done the Imagination Library, which has provided more than a million free books to preschoolers. And she just is quite philanthropic for a celebrity. I love that. As well as being a huge businesswoman. So, well done, Dolly. Well done, Dolly. She's very successful. Well yeah. She's very innovative. Pardon me. Just did a little bit. Oh, I thought you were blowing a kiss. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, Dolly. Thank you, Dolly. <laughs> Just midway through you talking. I do think if my name wasn't Holly, I could have ended up with a child called Dolly. Holly and Dolly. There's still an opportunity for it. If anything, I think it's better that you're called Holly. Do you think so? I think having a child with a rhyming name to yours is <laughs> acceptable, and if anything, I would encourage it. It's a bit of a power move, isn't it? Being like, oh, I can't, yeah. I'm not going to name you after me. I'm going to just call you a variation of my name. I think it's acceptable. Okay. Well, it'll... that's my big thought on it that you should name your child a rhyming name. <laughs> if anything, as well, I think if you were to have a son. You should name it Dolly. Oh, like, because I think Dolly for a boy's name. I mean, I don't believe in gendered names, but <laughs> Dolly for a boy's name. Kind of cool. And it'd be doll for sure. Oh, no, I don't like that. It's too, it's too 1950s. <laughs> hey, doll. Hey, doll. I've taken it back. <laughs> don't name your child that. It's a step backwards. But yeah, I just, she makes me so happy. And Jennifer Coolidge makes me so happy. 
Well, that's what we like to hear. That's just what we want. We want to be happy, and we want other people to be happy. Yeah. I like about both of them that they... I mean, I don't want this to come across as me saying that I don't think they're both stunning, because I do. It's not mm. that. It's just they're not the standard of beauty that, like, it's been perpetuated. Hollywood has. Yeah. yeah, it's not, like, the perpetuated standard. I mean, Jennifer Coolidge, is she's very curvy, which is something that I like to see. Mm-hmm. She's not... And, and she's five foot ten. Is she? Well. So she's my yeah. height. Yeah, exactly. I saw that yesterday, and I was like... Holly's height, which is something I also love to see. Oh, and, like, wow. They both have, like, sort of very blonde hair. Yeah. Very, like, plastic surgery, all this, you know. But I kind of like to see it, you mm-hmm. know? I, I like to see... I, I, I don't know. I think if you're talking plastic surgery and that sort of thing, the best way to do it for me is to do it in such an open way. Yes. And be like, I've had a ton of work done. Yeah. I have a complex relationship with plastic surgery as a whole, but I definitely feel much more like comfortable around it when people are just like, yes, I've had a lot of work mm-hmm. done. Without it, I would probably not look like this. And that's yeah. okay. And I think that's when it, again, it's like the, what we were talking about, like when it's have natural makeup, but you're still wearing makeup, you're still altering your face. But when you're not yeah. telling people that you've had surgery... Without going into the ethics of like whether you feel pressured into doing it because this is you're yeah. being told to look the same way, it's like yeah. you're ex- you're expecting people to look at you and go, oh well, why don't I look like that? And it's like because they haven't been surgically altered I to mean, look like that. Exactly. I don't like. I do not. There's no hate to anyone who does that. We're all kind of guilty of being of like you know putting on natural makeup yeah. and wanting people to be like, yeah, that's how she woke up and yeah. stuff like that. We're all guilty of doing that. I just think, like, that's a very damaging form of, like, plastic surgery is the people who are just like, yeah, this this is it. Mm. This is my natural face. Yeah. And it's like, especially as you grow older, there's a lot of, like, pressure on women to not age. Yeah. And it's like, how we, I think it's a class issue for me as well. Like, if you're just a normal woman aging and there's people out there who are like in their 50s and they still look like they're 20 and they're like yeah I've had no work mm. done whatsoever and they get like 50 facials a week and yeah all this stuff it's like there's nothing wrong with that but you're just you're perpetuating something that I find not great yeah and I kind of love that like Dolly doesn't do that it's like yes I've had a bunch of work done and that's okay and it's okay if you don't like it it's okay if you like it and it's just because she's who she, she's Dolly Parton that we'd be aware yeah. of it but she said she would be doing this if she wasn't Dolly Parton which again I think is exactly. it's who she is it's what she wants to do and it's something that's in the world that is around like you can't avoid people it people are rude to her in interviews though like I've seen mm. a lot of like clips on TikTok again because apparently that's where I get every source of everything <laughs> like people interview her and they're like um like, why do you look like this? And stuff like that. And it's like, did, how were you raised? Can you like, imagine you would saying never that say to that. anyone? No, why do you look like this? Not, oh, wow, why? you've created so much incredible music over your 50-year career, and you're still playing Glastonbury, like, a couple of years ago. Like Exactly. Oh, I love her. Why, why do you look like this? It annoys me so much. I watched a TikTok of her the other day as well. And she was saying that she based a whole look on, I think she called it the town's tramp. Yep. 
And she was like, yeah, I want to be trashy like that. And I was like, yeah. Because she thought she was beautiful. She was like, she's so she's the most beautiful person I've seen. And everyone else was like, ooh. And she was like, <laughs> stunning. It kind of reminds me, uh, like, I remember one of my friends in school telling me that when they were younger, people used to ask them what they wanted to do. And they would say they wanted to be an escort. Because oh, wow. There was, on Coronation Street, which they watched as a child, there was a character who was an escort, and, like, obviously, my friend didn't know what an escort was, (laughs) but she saw this woman getting, like, all this money and stuff, and, like, living in a nice apartment. She was like, yeah, I want to be an escort when I grow up. That looks like the funnest job ever. Not realising, like, (laughs) there was another thing you had to do. Which also, in an ideal world... Like, if sex work was legalised, yeah, people could, if they wanted to, become sex workers, because there's... And that would be okay. And that would be okay. There should be no shame with that. No. Yeah. I just think, <laughs> put us in charge and we'd legalise a bunch of things, and it'd probably be disastrous, <laughs> but if you smartly legalise things, if you do it in a good, smart way... It protects people. It protects people. Like, I wish I had... I always start telling stories. I never have, like, facts to back them up. But in (laughs) Portugal, they decriminalised drugs. I don't know what that means, but I know they did it. Um, And I know that it led to, like, a bunch of positive change. It Mm. led to, like, less people dying, Mm -hmm. for one. Um, And there's so much good evidence of doing that. What what a swift change we made. (laughs) Onto legalizing drug use, <laughs> or just legalizing drugs, it would just—I don't know. We just want less people to die. Yes. Is that <laughs> too much to ask? <laughs> I mean, like, it's not like we would be the people who would benefit from it. We're not people who sit around and no, we don't start the podcast and snort some drugs. We <laughs> sit here with some iced tea. <laughs> I mean, I go to bed at, like, 11. I'm not a crazy, wild person. No. I'm very... I'm, I live at home, you know. It's not much to do. No, it would be very odd if I was doing drugs in my childhood home, I feel. Childhood bedroom. <laughs> That's a weird vibe. Yeah, like, my cuddly toys on. <laughs> Hi. Hey, guys. You want some? Oh, God. No, it's not. It's not very me. But I, I support I support people. Yeah. I support their lives. It's no hate. Yeah, so that's is that everything? Yeah. Are you done? I'm done. I'm so done. With life. <laughs> I feel that. Well, I guess that's it. Oh god, don't what end it that way. Deflated ending. <laughs> I guess that's it. I have nothing else to give you. Um, I mean, I guess... Oh, I haven't asked Holly a question. Um, I'll just say, like, what are you going to do with the rest of your day? Because I am genuinely interested. Aww. Oh, no, wait, I'm going to ask I'm gonna ask that and a proper, like, one of my questions that I always ask you. Just say, what are you going to do with your day? And what's your favourite day of the week? Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. yeah um, <laughs> I think I'm going to bake this afternoon. Oh, what are you going to bake? I think I'm going to try, like, you know, like, marble cakes? But normal sponge, yes, and I then, like, a chocolate sponge. Yeah. And try and, like... They're very fun to make. Swirly, swirly. 
That's fun. That's fun to do the swirling. It was my mum's birthday like last week, and I really miss cake, yeah. so I would like some more cake. Um, that's why I'm doing that. Yes. And then my favorite day that. of the week, I feel like might be a Wednesday. I get that, but explain. Because I think Monday, Tuesday, I try and I'm trying to be motivated. I try and write. I try yeah. and keep myself going and stick to like a normal old world structure. It just doesn't happen. And I feel defeated yeah. and I'm tired all the time. And I'm like, oh, and then by Wednesday, I'm kind of bored of myself. So I actually do something currently. <laughs> See, I think I have like the like reverse effect. I think, honestly, by the time it gets to Thursday, I kind of just think it's the weekend. I get like, that. It's a very negative mindset. Like Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, it's like, okay there's some hope that the that I'm going to be productive. Mm. And I am productive. Thursday, suddenly I think, end of the week. <laughs> and I just do less and less. By the time it's Friday, Friday is basically Saturday to me. Yeah, I feel I just, that. I feel like I'm not productive on a Friday. But if um it was a normal world and I was either employed or in university, I would say that my favourite day was Thursday. Because, and I have a lot of people agree with me on this. Mm. Friday, it's like, yeah, okay. Because I view Friday as the weekend, yeah. even if I have work to do, <laughs> in my head, I'm like, I'm never taking it seriously. Because I'm like, yeah, I'd be no good as a doctor. Because <laughs> like, the surgery yeah. done on that day, shocking. Because I just want to leave. Thursday, I, ju- I just think Thursday's a great day. Mm-hmm. I hate Tuesdays. Thursday's great. Best day to go out on. It really is. I find. It is. Yeah. And I have nothing else to give you this week. <laughs> that was very exciting. Though. And I really shouldn't have answered that question because they're my special Holly questions. So. No, but I'm glad I'll you just did. Do, I'll do one more bonus one. Um, what's your favourite beverage? And I won't answer this myself. My favourite beverage? Um, yeah, beverage. Oh, I wanted to say rosé wine, but I feel like that's ridiculous and makes me sound like an alcoholic and I'm not an alcoholic. Um I think if anything it makes you sound like a middle class mum. Because <laughs> I like only drink wine mum. I only drink water. I don't really drink soft drinks. So I can't be like I, I favourite beverage is water. But do you not know, like I I feel like I like some fizzy drinks. Like I, I, I never, do have like a bit of a love of I never I drink like it. Coke a lot. Never drink it. Like I see I I I don't at home. But if, if someone oh. brought me a Diet Coke I'd be I'd be very happy. <laughs> Well, there I you go. Have, like, I could have a diet coke and a water on us yes. this week. Don't don't do anything fun. Go to bed at a reasonable time. <laughs> Actually, don't have a cola because it's caffeinated. Don't have a cola. Have some water. If anything, non-sponsored. Have some um, cold infused <laughs> by Twining. Not sponsored. Oh man. Anyway, cheerio. See you next week. See you then. Bye. Bye. Bye.